Pharma Ventures, the deal experts. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Pharma Ventures podcast. My name is Adrian Dawkes of Pharma Ventures, and in this edition, we're going to be talking about commercial due diligence in the deal making process. And joining me to talk about that is Rafe Hughes, Vice President of Pharma Ventures. Rafe, welcome. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. So we've, we've done a number of podcasts now and we've talked about various things in, in the, the deal-making space and the processes and the different types of deals. Um, we did one previously on on um, search and find, uh, what we call search and find. So when people come to us and say, I'm looking for something in this particular therapeutic area with these kind of characteristics and we run around and um, more often than not, we find them something that looks pretty close to that or if not that, something even better than that. Um, but that's just part of the, the, the continuum that ultimately leads to a deal. What comes after that? Once we found the thing, what do we do? Right, well, what happens next is the pharmaceutical company then needs to make some decisions about what to do with this, this wonderful technology that we've put in front of them. So normally what happens is a, some sort of diligence process, right? And that process you know, can, ha- can take many forms, um, there can be, for example, pre-diligence followed by a full diligence process. And really these um, different methods differ between companies. But one thing is, is, is central to all of them um, is that you, you need multiple different perspectives. So, for example, a, a business development lead who is leading the, 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 the diligence process um, will go and get perspectives from various different stakeholders within the pharmaceutical company on whether they think that this new asset that Pharma Ventures has put in front of them is, is, is worth it. And the, the opinions they're looking for are things like, you know, what, what sort of price will this asset achieve? Will it get access? What kind of sales forecast is likely? Um, what is the probability of technical and regulatory success? Will, what kind of development costs are they? If we manufacture it, how much will it cost? And so on. And, and as I said, this can either take the form of a pre-diligence, which normally means, you know, a week. Let's just have a quick, quick conversation about it. Does it sound, is it on strategy before we send it up to senior leadership? Or uh, a full diligence process where we've had approval to go ahead and spend some money, ultimately, to try and understand whether this is worth doing. So really, the two different pre or full diligence only differ in, is there... Um, resource allocated to it and how much time are we going to spend trying to understand whether this is actually worthwhile and different pharmaceutical companies have different capabilities some will have a lot of those functions in-house so clinical development for example most pharmaceutical companies will have a lot of that some of them will have some of them will need to buy in expertise so while they may have for example an access lead what they may not be able to do is go and speak to payers um, and so they'll need an agency, for example, to help them with that. So just uh, if uh, just to flip to be the other side of the table, say I'm the person with, with the asset. Right. Um, and I, I want to get commitment. Um, it's in my interest to push the pharma company into full diligence thing because then they're going to spend money and it, it shows they, they're convinced enough that they want to do that. Hmm. Um, obviously, it's up to them whether they'll do it. And, you know, quite often we'll hear, well, can you just tell me a bit more about X and Y and Z? before they'll go there but if that's a pressure point or at least if you're a you're a biotech looking to do a deal and you've got multiple parties interested the ones you could force into full diligence sooner may be the keenest 
partners might not be the best partner, but they could be the keenest. Mm. Yeah, they're getting the getting you know lots and lots of different um, potential interested parties on in around you know interested is certainly a way to try and speed things up and to get things moving and to demonstrate that you have competing interests um, and that'll definitely move things forward um, in, a, in a in a in a more rapid um, way. Yeah. So, so you you mentioned some of the the components in there. Is that all of them? What 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 are the typical components in a in a diligence exercise? You, you said there was access. There was various other things. What, right. what has to be in there? Yeah. Um, are there bits that are you only ever see in pre diligence? They just do those, and the other bits they worry about later. Or what what what's the full diligence package look like? Right. So, I mean, the full diligence package can be. Can, can be enormous or it can be very truncated. Um, and some people, some companies, depending, I think, on the size of the deal and the complexity of the deal um, and on how many of these types of deals have they done before and do they know the area very well, may just do a pre-diligence and then, and then buy the asset, um, particularly if we're talking, for example, in generics or biosimilars. You know, do they really need to go and do a full diligence on... Um, on on an asset but if it's a new space that there's something they're not entirely sure about or they really need to uh, demonstrate that they're spending their their investors money you know properly um, they'll need um, a full diligence package and really what that looks like is for the purpose of understanding will the clinical uptake be strong uh, will the sales forecast, you know, can we support the sales forecast? They really need to go and speak to some care wells. So the first thing is to go and speak to some key opinion leaders who are going to say, yes, this technology is exciting. Um, it's going to change the way I practice. Um, and yeah, this is this is going to, you're going to meet your sales target in, in no time at all. Um, they need to go and speak to some payers. More and more uh, payers are the center of a lot of this kind of diligence because they are the guard, you know, the guardians. They're the gatekeepers to to, to access. Uh, that's as true in the U.S. as it is anywhere else. Um, the kind of restrictions they can put in place can mean the difference between a strong sales forecast or a strong a strong performance in the market and basically getting very little access to the market at all. Um, different diligences have different challenges with them as well. So um, one might be well, the manufacturing is is quite complicated. Um, so this drug is going to be quite expensive to produce. So what's our profit margin going to look like? So we need to look at the cost of goods. It might be that the regulatory or the CMC pathway is quite complicated. So we need a bit of expertise there. Um, or it could be that the product is in an area that we don't understand. So say this is a generics manufacturer launching into a rare disease space, um, it, the two couldn't be more difficult, different. So in that situation, you you need some expertise in the rare disease space to help you um, understand exactly how you're going to launch, what your SG and your what your um, what your sort of Salesforce assumptions need to look like, and so on. And then finally, um, the forecast. Now, this is often done by the BD lead, but held or owned by the BD lead. They it is the way of essentially. Um, collating all those assumptions into one place and determining the value of an asset. 
Um, and that can include, obviously, the positioning of the asset, the epidemiology, the competitive landscape, and so on. And then all of those different insights that you've gathered as a result of the due diligence process. It sounds very in-depth, very complicated, and it sounds like it takes an awful long time. Um, is, is that the case? Or? Well, I think if you... If you really and cost want, a lot of money. Well, well I, don't, I mean, it doesn't need to cost a lot. I mean, it can cost a lot of money, and it, it should take a long time, but it doesn't. So often pharma companies want this done in the... Well, because of what you said at the beginning about how... Um, you've got the person with the asset, or sorry, the, the, the say the small biotech with an asset. With the, they know they've got a good asset. They've got lots of competing um, companies um, champing at the bit. So the person who can deliver their diligence the quickest and get an offer on the table, you know, even if it's in a relatively formal process, and there will de- there will be a timeline on it. And so um, getting this done very very quickly is always important. So. Um, it's always under pressure. There's always a time limit. I mean, this can take, you know, the, the pre-diligence might might take a week, maybe less in some cases. But the full diligence, you know, I mean, we are talking probably about several weeks, maybe even months, but, but that's it really. Which is funny because you might have this in really intense period of, of diligence and, and, and you'll be doing all of this stuff. You'll go and speak to KOLs, pricing and access, all the rest of it, build the forecast. And then maybe nothing will happen. Maybe they'll be like, well, actually, the phase three data, we're still waiting on the phase three data, we've done all the diligence, and maybe six months will go by and nothing will happen. And then suddenly we'll have to revisit again, and everything will be in a hurry all over again. Mm-hmm. And that does happen. You know, we have these kind of spurts of, 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 of uh, intense um, work. But you know, it, that, that, that's, that's the way the, the cookie crumbles. And it's, it's, it's um, very, very important to be able to just pick up and run. Uh, and just and go at it as quickly as possible. I'm going to challenge on the timings here because um, um, uh, I'm assuming you're you're, you're 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 talking about this from your experience in big pharma because you were in one of the biggest of the big and and you're aware of this and um, you know we hear all the time from big pharma in partnering processes. We'll get back to you in two weeks with an answer. We'll get back to you in four weeks or six weeks and. You could normally double or triple those when in the reality. So are we talking one week and six and eight weeks, big pharma time, i.e. double it, or are we talking one week, six, eight weeks if pharma ventures are doing it for you? Well, it's a, it's a really good point, Adrian, because you're right. Um, I, I used to work for Pfizer and Mundi Pharma, and whenever we would commission a piece of diligence from a consultancy, we would say, you know, we need this in one month. Mm-hmm. And then we would probably go and tell the the biotech, we'll get back to you in two months. Um, because, <laughs> you know, we, we've got to get our own internal decision making sorted. And, and, and I think that's something that's often underestimated is that just the, the bureaucracy and the, the, the siloed nature of working in a lot of these pharmaceutical companies, often the internal negotiations are much more complicated than any external negotiation that that you have to do whose budget is it coming out of how are we going to pay for this type of work when we do eventually make a decision you know does it sit in this business unit or that business unit and 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 so it's all it all gets it all gets very very um complicated and political so so yeah you're, you're completely right um 
we might you know a pharma company might say a month but really mean two months um so so yeah that that is right but from the perspective of a, a pharma ventures doing this you know our our client tells us we need this in a month we get it for them in a month you know that's that's the yeah. way that's the way that's the way it works um so yeah absolutely and and to be fair other pharmaceutical companies are available and they behave quite similarly we're not we're not singling out pfizer and Monday no, 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 that just no. happens to be your experience <laughs> absolutely you're listening to the pharma ventures podcast where we're talking about commercial due diligence in the deal making process um so to, to give some idea of the sort of detail involved and, and why it takes the time it takes maybe, maybe we can we can pick an example and you, you can just talk to that Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we talked about the various different aspects, KOLs, pricing and access, subject, various different uh, specifics. And I think something um, that is is very much in line with my experience is the pricing and market access. So let's 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 dive into that. We're doing a, a diligence. Um, it'll the the BD lead will go out to various different. Uh, experts within their company, they'll go say to the pricing and access people, the, the, the market access people, uh, and what they need to understand is what's the landscape. What what are the other kind of you know what what are the competitors in the space? Uh, does this drug represent, and what do the you know what's the burden of illness for in in this condition? What's the funding pathways? What uh, the competitors look like? What what do the outcomes look like? What kind of study do they need to do in order to get this to the market and have the payers approve it they will also want to go and speak to some payers so they want to do some expert consultation um, and that's really to understand you know particularly if it's an area they don't understand particularly well and that can be in the eu the us china japan wherever uh, to try and understand a little bit more about the reactions of payer, real payers to to this 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 new technology um, and also there are other methods that, that can be used to kind of understand maybe the price. So we are both trying to understand the, the access. So, so will, this, will this drug get access? But also trying to understand what kind of price will it get so that we can put that into the sales forecast. Uh, and so in that situation with the pricing, you can do various different types of modeling techniques. So things like cost offset modeling or economically justifiable price modeling are really useful methods to try and understand the price which we can then put into the into the sales forecast to to understand the value of the asset. Okay, so that's a, a, a good example of of the sort of level of of, of information that, that's going to be needed. What what about the companies that are actually having the diligence done on them or to them? Um, what what do they need to know? What do they need to be aware of? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So when when you enter that diligence process, uh, a company might be very excited. You know, we've got two or three big farmers queuing up, you know, desperate to, to, to talk to us and to take on our, our, um, our technology. And as I mentioned before, you know, there's a lot of internal decision making, a lot of politics that, that goes on, particularly around the acquisition of a new target, because pipelines for pharma companies, you know, they, they live and die by their pipelines. They're so, they're the lifeblood of these pharma companies. So it all gets very, very political. So there's a lot that those uh, you know, acquisition target companies, uh, there's a lot they can't control. Um, because decisions will get made that, that they will have no idea about why certain decisions get made or, or someone will come in and throw a big spanner in the works and, uh, and that'll be the end of it. But one thing that they can control is making sure they have a really, really strong 
package, a really, really good data room that they can pull together. Uh, they have decent, you know, strong, well-presented valuation, good pricing insights, a good CMC and reg plan, and that all of that is, is well-presented because the easier um, to read and understand all of that stuff is, the more likely it's going to pass that diligence process test because if people can understand it, they can communicate it internally. So I think that is something that, that, that that's really worth kind of hammering home is that it is all based on people and communication and how that communication feeds up you can have the best data in the world but if you can't communicate it it's you're you're not going to get anywhere is there any way any any areas where we can be of as farmer ventures we can be of value to the the big farmers because it sounds like they have everything they need and they just run their process and do what they need to do yeah i mean you know they do and 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 generally the bigger the company the more capabilities they they have in-house but I think one of the main concerns for pharma companies, and I certainly found this when I was at Pfizer and, and, and Mundi, is the echo chamber. So big farmers can get very siloed in their um, way of working and get very inward facing. Even some of the more outward facing roles are still very inward facing. Um, and so getting a fresh and external perspective, some up to date subject, subject matter expertise is absolutely vital. So you also have this issue of in in bd particularly of people being held held to the assumptions they made during the bd process so someone might and i give again the the example of pricing uh the the pricing and access lead might say well i think that you can get a certain price when you bring when you buy the drug the drug gets onboarded brought into the company and they discover that the price is 70% of what they thought it was and then the access lead gets in trouble. Um, now, that person has been burned. That they're, they're, they're unlikely to give positive commentary on price in the future. So that creates a bias that then exists within that, in, in that company. I'm not saying that always happens, but it does happen. And so what you need to try and do is avoid those internal biases creeping into, systemically creeping into your, your BD processes. So getting those external perspectives is absolutely vital. And that's something we can absolutely help with. And I mean, I mentioned KOLs. So speaking to KOLs, speaking to payers, but also getting that external subject matter expertise around things like commercial, commercial launch strategy, rare diseases, regulatory um, uh, manufacturing and so on. And, and you know, Farm Ventures has, has either in-house or, or, or we partner with other agencies who can help us provide a lot of those kind of, uh, a lot of, those kind of elements. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that echo chamber and the siloed nature, which is frequently the the um, criticism or the challenge uh, that big farmers have across everything that they do and i think it's in some ways particularly acute in in the bd space even if it's just as a an insurance policy sanity check um it's no bad thing to get an independent agency like pharma ventures to to at least uh, validate the the outputs from the diligence process, even if we didn't conduct the entire diligence process on behalf of somebody else, whether that's for the big farmer or the the, the smaller guys. Right, exactly. And there is and there are small. You know, there, it can be. Can you just go and speak to a couple of payers for us, or it can be? Can you run the whole process? And you know, we can do we can do either. And it really depends on how much internal capability a pharma company might might have. You know, they've got affiliates in various different com- countries who can answer most of their questions, probably. 
Um, but it w- but it is sometimes valuable to then go and, and and speak to sort of a panel of of externals as well. Rafe, this has been a really useful insight into the diligence process, what what's in, involved in it, and why whether you're a, a small biotech uh, looking to to outlicense something or a big farmer who's who's engaged in diligence process. Um, it's a useful thing to get independent third party views on this. Great. Well, thank you very much for having me, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Nice to be here. For more information on other Pharma Ventures podcasts, go to www.farmaventures.com forward slash podcast, where you can also subscribe. Pharma Ventures, the deal experts.